All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Double Shot Sports Podcast. Every usual, JP and Hector here, and uh, we're coming off of, uh, firstly, how you doing, Hector? Doing all right, man. I'm just trying to stay busy. Finally got a little dose of uh, of sports. I mean, it was 90, 98 sports, but it's still working for me right now. Got to fix. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, we're coming off of the day after the Michael Jordan and the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, premiered on ESPN. Uh, two of ten episodes have already premiered, and um, it's uh, definitely... Uh, I'm hoping that by the end of it we learn a lot more about everything that happened, at least learn more that we didn't know of with uh, the the build-up and downfall of the Bulls and Dynasty in the 90s. But uh, the first couple episodes did a really good job of scene-setting and building the narrative of um, everything that came before. Um, what, what was your, you know, what, what were you, um, as, as the episode was airing yesterday, uh, what... Um, was there anything in particular that stuck out to you or anything that you didn't know about before watching it on the documentary? I didn't know um, just how bad the whole situation with Jerry Krause was. I didn't know like how like how much those two guys disliked each other uh-huh. <laughs> to put it to put it mildly. Also, I didn't really I guess I never thought about the pay structure, but I I never knew how badly Scotty was paid and and I kind of I I also kind of got an undertone there like it kind of worried me for a second when I was it was a there was a clip in the episode where they were asking him at the press conference they were asking him why he's underpaid and all this stuff and uh it's that kind of journalism that kind of pisses you off because you know that they're just looking like digging to or they were just digging to you know get some kind of hot take from him but I kind of got an undertone that that the documentary might might emphasize that. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't make it to where people are like, because I did hear that it's going to come out being that Michael Jordan's going to be a piece of shit. Like people are going to realize how much of a dick he was sometimes. But I mean, that was that was his forte. That was his ground. Like he he was better than everybody, and he knew it. And uh, and when they did that clip of of Scotty at the press conference, I I felt like they were going to go. And emphasize that, like how he was emperor of the team, and he stopped other people from getting paid and all that shit. So I don't know. I, I missed the second episode, um, but just from that clip, I did feel that, and I hope that's not what it turns out to be. You mean that like Michael Jordan stopped him from getting paid? Is that what you're saying? Well, that basically what they were trying to say. What I got from that from that part of the episode was they were basically like digging at him, like, whoa. Don't you think you should be getting more? I mean, you do this, you do that. You don't think that, you know, Mike is kind of taking some of the shine from you. You're also a great player. like, And and that's going to – what I don't want is for that to end up being the main story. No, I think no, – no, to me that feels like a misinterpretation of it going on because, I mean, the reason why he didn't get that contract was because he agreed too early to a really crappy extension. And – um it um did you in the first you told me you only watched the first episode what did they go over the details of that extension uh not that i if they did i came in a little late so if they did i i missed it it was um he signed it in 91 or 92 and it was a six-year extension for 18 million dollars total oh shit and uh, and for the time being, that wasn't a bad contract. But then right. by the end of it, the salary cap had already skyrocketed so much that um, it went into detail saying that he was the sixth best. He was yeah. the he was the sixth highest paid player on the Bulls and um, something Second like in everything except assists, where he was first. Yeah, something like um, the 122nd highest player in the whole league. Yeah, and uh, no, I think uh, I mean that's where ownership has to make the call of whether or not they um, want to do right, like you know, be in good faith and you know negotiate 
you know a, a, a higher extension for him because you know that he's worth way way more than what you signed him to or the second option which they went with which is no you sign that deal so you have to stick with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that was that was a shitty thing about it i don't think that um uh and I think uh, I mean th- I mean they technically they're in the right to do that, but you know it was just a shitty move, and it's just one of the many examples that they didn't do a good job to take care of their uh, their players and coaches. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and and that's I didn't know how the details of his extension. I just I'm just saying like that that was the way that the questions were kind of begging for some kind of uh, for some kind of back and forth or like some kind of subliminal planting of a message in his head that he wasn't and and maybe that's why he didn't really care about it because he knew that he's the one that signed the extension that that he fucked up in that well it didn't fuck up but it just wasn't anybody's fault really yeah and uh i think uh you know by that time i mean by the time the 98 season comes around he only has um one more year left on that deal and of course he wants a much much higher extension and so you know he wants to be not only get a good deal, but also be compensated for how much money he missed out on over the past years. And uh, they had mentioned, too, that uh, he had... Um, I can't remember if this was in the first episode or the second episode, but basically what happened was that by the at the end of the fifth season, you know, everything could have blown up after the fifth championship because mm-hmm. um, they didn't want to bring... or Krauss didn't want to bring back Phil Jackson... Michael Jordan said that he would have retired if they didn't bring him back, and they were also shopping uh, Scottie Pippen throughout the summer, and that's what later made Pippen um, demand a trade. Uh, he he delayed surgery. He was injured, and he needed to have surgery done. And instead of rehabbing over the summer, he decided to have it at the start of the year so he can he can rest up on. Uh, on their time and not his and then he came out and you know asked for a trade publicly and uh and that's at that point that's where the documentary leaves off and they haven't gotten into how that got resolved and what and how he was uh brought back for one more run at it mm-hmm. and so you can just tell uh you know and that was one thing that i started reading up on more in the past few years that I think all of us were pretty uh, um, ignorant of whenever uh, we were growing up is that we didn't realize like how close things were to falling apart. You know, they kind of, you know, especially in the 90s where things kind of got gotten, uh, kind of became like folklore because there wasn't as much uh, exposure to everything like there is in today's league where there's, um, you know, so much more... Um, Access and their social media and technology that kind of gives you a step ahead of uh, learning more about what happened behind the scenes. That just wasn't present in the 90s. And so, um, and uh, and even with this footage, even with this access that this team got for this documentary, this, um, this only happened now because Michael Jordan agreed to its terms. Like, uh, it was, you know, he called the shots as to when this comes out. And so I think, uh, you know, that's going to be the fascinating thing about it is learning a lot more about, you know, what exactly, because uh, we already know, we already know, like, the pot, we already know the upside, we already know the conclusion, we already know that they mm-hmm. win the title, and then everybody goes about their separate ways. But, um, you know, everything that led up to it and everything that, um, you know, just learning more about how close it was to never happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I also didn't realize just how bad the the franchise was before he got drafted to them. Like they, oh yeah, like they were talking about how he saved the city. Like they, they were, the oh, whole yeah, thing was sucked. close to blowing up before him. Yeah, no, they really, really sucked. And I mean, shit, even after too. I mean, they had yeah. that, they had that blip with Joakim Noah and Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. But even outside of that. I mean, they, they haven't done anything worth talking about. I mean, that's... I mean, Krauss got... I mean, Krauss stayed in that position for, like, another five years after that and finally let go. But even the people who they replaced him with, you know, they haven't done anything useful. And they actually got fired, like, a month ago 
And so I think, uh, and they finally put somebody competent back on the position of, of a executive of all basketball operations. So, I mean, aside the point, but I think uh, now they have um, they have somebody managing it, and, and you know, it's it's much more um, believable to think that they have a future ahead of them now. So, do you think? This is, I heard, well, actually, I had seen, and I know you don't like him, but I had seen a tweet that Skip Bayless had put out, and he was like, uh, basically, like, for LeBron to kiss goodbye all of the people that are saying that he's the GOAT. Like, do you think that this is going to, I guess, revive a generation of, of acknowledging that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time? I mean, people already do that. I mean, that's... I don't... It's but it's like, all bar talk right now. It's all bar talk. These Like, the kids that... that that didn't even start watching before basketball before LeBron got drafted. They've heard stories, but they haven't actually seen film. Uh, no, I mean, I disagree. I mean, one, I think this is just the most antiquated conversation ever. I mean, everything is up on YouTube. I mean, this documentary didn't come out, but if you wanted to look up Michael Jordan highlights and Michael Jordan games, you could have definitely done that before this documentary came out. And two, I mean, I just, I just that conversation is so boring to me it's it's like uh shit like of all people his his old co-host Stephen A. Smith put it uh the best way is that uh you know every time you know we talk back and forth about whether or not Jordan or LeBron is the best and it's just it's useless because if you say that if you, if you say that LeBron is a second best player, then I mean, the narrative and the conversation has gotten so toxic that if you say LeBron is a second best player ever, some people take it as you saying that he sucks. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 the dumbest fucking thing. Like I'm just I'm just tired of this argument. I mean, there's I don't I don't really I don't really see the resolve in answering that. Like like even like even if even if there was a consensus, like then what? Like nothing changed it's like it's like i mean i don't know twitter may be less toxic but uh other than that i mean we're not really solving anything i mean this should be just a documentary about appreciating uh you know more about the bulls dynasty and just learning more like the things that they should learn more about is not just it's not like how good michael jordan was it was you know how he coexisted in that environment and how did everybody else coexist like how like everybody was a variable on each other and you know that should be more of the focus other than whether or not lebron or jordan is the best ever well i hope you got earmuffs because you know that those conversations are inevitably going to pop up all over the place again it's it's been going on i don't give a shit anymore (laughs) i mean it's just it's just like okay cool like i mean that's the most unoriginal topic point ever just like okay great <laughs> yeah so i mean i i uh, what do they do they're do, they're doing in two episode increments yeah two episode increments for um five yesterday weeks. yeah five weeks yesterday was uh the first week and then um and then yeah five weeks 10 episodes and i think after that i don't know about right after or maybe like for an extended period of time um, eventually it's going to be posted on Netflix and, um, oh, cool. and, uh, wow, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that they're owned by Disney. I would have assumed that they'd put it on Disney plus. And uh, no, they, they, uh, they co-created it. So, uh, okay. yeah, so it's going to be on Netflix eventually. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, I don't really, uh, it's gonna, it's going to be really interesting. Like I really like for me, these first couple episodes i mean you learn more about scotty so that was that was a good use of the second episode but as far as i'm concerned these two episodes were just like laying the groundwork down for what's to come like this is all just like scene setting because i mean it was pretty cool i mean i like the i like the episodes it was well constructed you know it's a good piece of documentary footage but uh yeah i I didn't really learn a whole lot other uh, about uh you know the what what they went through that I didn't know already. I mean that could just be because I just I have had nothing better to do with my life up until now <laughs> and just like tried to indulge as much basketball knowledge as possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean I guess you know from a fan perspective, I guess the things 
that um, stuck out would be like the animosity towards Jerry Krause, the um, you know just how bad off um, Scotty Pippen had it, and uh, just you know like you mentioned just how exactly what was it like seeing. Uh, Jordan and the Bulls like finally rise up the ranks once he was drafted there, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, no. So it was uh, those things were pretty cool to see, and the interviews themselves are really cool too. Um, I think uh, it was really interesting that I think they set the tone of the documentary by labeling Kraus as the villain for everything going on. And so now um, I feel like that's the thing that, because he, I, that's the thing that I'm, uh, I don't know if worried about is the right word, because um, they all definitely had their own, um, their own faults. Like it wasn't a hundred percent on Kraus, even though he was, even though he was not that great of a GM and uh, he was responsible for it falling apart ultimately but uh you know everybody else had their own faults and uh and especially since this is something that only came out because michael jordan agreed to it i'm worried that they're gonna fall into that narrative of you know just michael jordan being this innocent guy and and you know just it wasn't his fault for anything it's just kind of like i hope we get a more honest look at him i think i mean he himself i'm pretty sure had said that that after this comes out, people are going to think he's he was a horrible person. So I don't think it's going to be too sugar-coated for him the whole way through. You yeah, know, I, I hope not. And, yeah, I remember him saying that too. But, uh, yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see how exactly it all uh, comes together from here. Because, I mean, those first couple episodes, I could understand it being a little bit of sugar-coating because it's all about how he brought the team up from nothing. So, but I think hopefully after that it gets into, um, you know, more of like, you know, more of like what the struggles were. Because, I mean, that's the point. To me, that's the point of the documentary. Like, everybody knows, like, how good they were. But, you know, the thing that people don't know as much about is how ugly things got. And I feel like yeah. that should be the purpose of this documentary. Did you see that? Um... Sorry, I, I know this is bringing it back, but it's because I was trying to look up. Apparently he, because this, this has been done for a while, right? Like the documentary. But apparently they've been trying to get it out and put it out for a long time now. And, and Jordan just kept turning down uh, turning down the opportunity. And and then I, I read something that, that uh, uh, I think it was Kobe and LeBron or somebody else in LeBron had had, I guess, spoke with him and, and it, that helped convince him to to finally actually air the documentary or, or give permission to air the documentary. Um, and then I saw, I don't know, I don't know if this was a commercial or how this happened, but I read something this morning that apparently uh, there was something, some kind of promotion for LeBron's shoes during the last dance. I thought that was hilarious. Um, well, it, it wasn't that. I, what I heard was that the reason why he the time that he finally agreed to let this out was in 2016 um after the Cavs upset the Warriors and you know the whole Jordan LeBron narrative thing like people were saying that he did that because he thought that LeBron was starting to inch closer towards um his legacy and stuff but but um no, I, I had read that. Well, it was one thing to agree to actually do it, and then it was another thing to try to find the right people to do it. And um, one of the uh, producers on the show who had met with him to get uh, to talk with him about um, getting it started, I remember he the guy already had like a long resume of the movies and documentaries that he had worked on, but that the one that convinced. Uh, Jordan to do it was the fact that he uh, produced the Allen Iverson documentary. I think oh, that was a good one too. Yeah, and so he he said that uh, he said that it was at that moment that uh, he finally agreed to do um, he he agreed to do it with those guys. 
because he loved the Iverson documentary so much that uh, he had faith in those guys to do that. <clears throat> yeah, there, there. Have you seen that one? It's on Netflix too. Uh, I can't remember if I have or not. If I did, it was a really long time ago. Yeah, that's a really good. One. I didn't know that he was the same director. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so he was convinced after that to to let it happen. Um, is there um, what else are you hoping? Uh, is there anything that you're hoping that comes out in future episodes? Um, or what 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 are you what are you wanting to learn from this? I just I there's not some I don't think that there's I mean but I also I didn't think even before last night that there was a lot that I didn't know about it. Um, so there's nothing specific like there's nothing that I can think that I probably have a lack of or that I can say that I have a lack of knowledge in. I really just want to I wasn't an avid like I was what we were six seven years old or something like that. I wasn't an avid uh, watcher yet of of the NBA. I didn't I didn't see it happen. I just want to see it happen. Like I'm. Um, and I know, yeah, there's YouTube videos and shit and clips and whatnot, but when you have it all put together masterfully, literally for the purpose of conveying the greatness that was going on on the court, which is what this documentary should be doing, hopefully, is is a different story, and that's what I want. I just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm eager to see it how how it all played out. The good, the bad, everything. Because with a, a team with Dennis Rodman on it, there's going to be some some shit talking. There's going to be some, some turmoil, some stuff like that, and, and I just want to see it all play out. If there's anything that I, like, my recollection of that team is that for how out there and eccentric Dennis Rodman was, it, he uh, he did not get, and maybe this is something that the documentary exposes, but he didn't, it didn't feel like he was the source of any friction or turmoil. Like, he was, it felt like, it felt to me that he was just a he was just a different guy. Like he was just yeah. somebody that you know nobody knew how to how to work with, and uh, not necessarily that he you know you know brought you know attention uh, to the locker room or anything like that. But he was just he was just a different guy. He just wasn't your traditional uh, pro athlete, and you just needed to you know know the way to talk to him and. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe it's something that they'll expose in uh, episode three. But that was that was my understanding of you know how how he operated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I I just want to anything, anything that I because I didn't get to watch it. I didn't really experience it back then, so I'm I'm excited to see it all now. But I don't, um, I don't think there's anything in particular for me. They had mentioned, I don't know if you heard, maybe it was just something in the second episode, but they had mentioned that around the time that um, they were, after the fifth championship, when, uh, before Scottie Pippen had requested publicly to be traded, that they were working behind the scenes on a trade for him, and... um, do you want to take a wild guess as to who, as to who that uh, player was that they tried to trade Scottie Pippen for? Who they tried to trade him for? Yeah. This was that year, the ninety-seven, ninety-eight year. Yeah. Oh. It was a really young guy. He was a star for our time. Fuck, I don't know. Sp- uh, he's a Spurs champion. For Timmy. No, for Tracy McGrady. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he didn't win. Did he win with us? He didn't win with us. Oh no, he just went to the finals of this. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, that that, that would have been something. Man, I love T Mac. When when T Mac was starting, well, I didn't know he was around that early though. Damn. Yeah, I, I th- that was either his rookie year or his sophomore year. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Um, and so he was with the Magic at the time. No, he was with Toronto at the time. Oh, Toronto. That's right. I forget about Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if if Pippen had been traded, it would have been for Tracy McGrady. Well, he ended up – how did he end up in Portland? Um. Well, he um, – I think he just finished out his contract with the Bulls, and after that okay. 98 season, he lo- he went to Portland. Okay, just went as a, as a free agent. I, I, I want to say that's what happened. Or, no, he uh, – no, I think after the Bulls, he went to the Rockets, and then after that, he oh, went to okay. Portland. Okay. 
With the jailblazers. Yeah, yeah. Well, by that time, it was like, what, like two thousand, like two thousand two, I think. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh one, oh two. Yeah, because he left the Bulls, went to the Rockets, and then the Blazers, and then he finished his career back on the Bulls. Well, that's good. At least they were able to hash that out. I guess and him come back. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, no, but if they, I mean, if they had made that trade happen, then I mean, I don't think that w- I, that wouldn't have worked. I mean, they would have gotten Tracy McGrady, but then uh, Jordan and Jackson wouldn't have come back, and that would have just fucked everything up. Well, they didn't. But who did come back after that? Anyway, oh, yeah, this was before. Yeah, they this was before. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they wanted to do that trade um, before the sixth championship. I see. Okay. Yeah, that would have kind of fucked everything up with the other players. Yeah. Or with yeah. the other player. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, so we'll just have to... I mean, for the first couple of episodes, it was pretty good. Yeah, definitely go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, you know, I'm much more... Uh, I'm really interested in seeing how much content is reviewed over the 10 episodes because in the first couple episodes, you already got where they came from all the way back to 84 up to then and also you got the you you got the uh you got the plight of Scotty Pippen and his contract negotiations and so there isn't and you know they could do an, an on a whole episode on Rodman I guess a whole episode on Phil Jackson if they wanted to but then after that you start to have to get more into the details of what actually happened that season yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the, I mean, we have eight left. So, yeah, you would still have a whole bulk of it. I think they'll do it right. Especially, like I said, I didn't know that that was the, the same director. And I guess a, a two-hour documentary is much different from a ten. But they had a whole season's worth of filming. So I'm pretty sure that they curated it perfectly or near perfectly. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's all I got. Check it out. Um, the Last Dance. Um, definitely worth your time and uh every sunday night for the next for the next five weeks yep get a little dose of of a little bit of basketball i need to go back and watch i'll probably watch the second one tonight i'm sure it'll be on demand on on uh the uh pirated cable uh, company that i have (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean what the fuck else are they going to play on espn they should be just be rerunning that exactly that's true that's true there's literally nothing else going on right now Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what What else did you want? What else did you want to talk about? Um, I guess we could go over the interesting idea of sequestering the entire NBA at Disney World resorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what, in they, theory, the, the MLB had had a same had the same kind of concept a few weeks ago, but they wanted to do it in Arizona. Where they don't have all, literally, technically, Disney has every single facility that they could need. I mean, it It felt like, I mean, they made the case for it, but they have to be dicking around. Like, there's it's no way. It's not going to happen, right? Like, there's no way that it happens. There's no way that anybody agrees to this. Like, even if it's at fucking Disney World, like, there's no way that the players are going to agree to stay there. Like, once they're out of their house, they're going to feel like they can go wherever they want. And, uh, I mean, it, it's it's gotten to that point where we have to talk about whether or not we need to use amusement parks to save sports mm-hmm. and to be able to resume, uh, to resume the basketball season. I could have sworn that I read something that, um, the NBA wants to, no, like, depending on where they're... Uh, depending on at what point in the year they're allowed to play again, their goal is to finish out this season by September, by Labor Day weekend. Wow, and, are you serious? Yeah. And so that that doesn't really... I mean, that's a little over four months away, but the clock is kind of ticking on that already. And you know, just from just from a safety measure, that doesn't really sound like something that's feasible. No, I don't think so either. I I don't think that this is gonna 
that we're going to be in a state anytime soon where we can pack stadiums full of tens of thousands of people. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that they that that they're trying to if if they are so dead set on doing that, then they're going to have to do to go down the route of no fans mm-hmm. and just you know the essential staff members there. And uh, I mean, if they want to do that, then okay, but that's uh, you know that's going to be real strange. Yeah, that that is. I don't. It takes. Obviously, it's still a competitive game and stuff, but it it's so much different. When you have the roar of a crowd, uh, either for you or against you, the fact that they're that they're filling the stadium with the noise, and I guess they could pump artificial noise, but the experience is different. It's just going to be such a weird, weird atmosphere if they decide to do that. I don't think they will. I don't think they should. So we'll see what they do there. So, so then, so then, what do you think that the can- season should just be canceled? Yeah, I think they should just scrap it. Now, part part of that, a small part of that, is is from a biased Spurs fan. But uh, I, I really do. I think this should. I mean, what's? We don't have time. We don't have the time to do it. Where it's already going to be May. Uh, best case scenario. Best case scenario. Mid May they allow some businesses to start opening or big businesses. Still not going to be arenas full, or I guess in this case, <clears throat> fanless games. Then you have to squeeze all of that. Because then what's going to happen in October? The season's supposed to start again in October. They're going to give them only a month off, or they're going to move that season on? Like, what's going to happen there? I would imagine that with that, they would probably move it to Christmas and uh, kind of follow along the calendar that some people have been asking for, which is start the NBA season in in December and then finish it later in the year. But, um, and I mean, it has it kind of has a good point because, you know, one thing that I didn't think about was that for... A lot of kids who, uh, you know, who are who are who watch the games, they you know the bulk of the season takes place during the school year, and so a lot of them are not finishing the games, and uh, for or, or people who just or people who just work early and you know really value their sleep, they're not finishing games, and if that happens, at least for the kids over the summer, then they'll be able to watch all the games that they want. And so I think that, that that makes a pretty valid point, and especially at that point later in the year, in the summer, they don't really, uh, they don't really um, have any other sports going on. I mean, there's baseball, but I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't see the argument against it. Like that should be something. I feel like that should be, should have been something they should have been doing a long time ago. Moving the league year, the league year, you mean? But yeah. then, then you're, uh, I guess, but if we switch to, well, I guess the, the thing that works for them there is that this, the finals is a series. It's not just a one-night thing uh, mm-hmm. because then you're, you're flirting with the beginning of the NFL season being the end of the NBA season. And, and I don't know if the childhood ratings will make up for all of that for playoffs. Uh playoffs and well i guess it's preseason for nfl but i don't know man I, I think it's good where it's at i don't think they need to absolutely change it i think it's good timing um there's always going to be a window of something not not being there i mean they start in october mlb's finishing in october so it's it's perfect you have baseball football and then football basketball and then vice versa on the back end I mean, I think that it would be better just so that way these sports have more room to breathe because, you know, like in that span, especially over the NFL season, from what 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 is that like? Uh, well, it's, whenever the coverage really starts up is like what, from August to February? I mean, that's around the, you know, that overlaps with like the first half of the basketball season where nobody is really paying that much attention because by the time the basketball season... By the time that the season really ramps up and, you know, it's like around that time, December, January, where we're like 30, 40 games in, um, that's when the NFL playoff starts and that kind of takes, and that kind of takes a backseat to everything else. And so I kind of feel like if they, if they were on a more, um, uh, if their, if their seasons were, uh, more separate from each other, then you know, it would allow each sport to get the proper coverage that they should get. Yeah, I see that. 
But you're also going to lose a lot of early season ratings to if the beginning of your season where teams really aren't fighting for position um, lies at the same time as March Madness where that's position is all they are going for. And March Madness is obviously we know that it's some of the highest rated TV in existence. So you're losing a lot of that that early season voting. If you're not losing it to NFL playoffs, you're going to lose it to March Madness. Yeah, but I mean, I mean March Madness. I'm not watching all the games in March Madness. I'm waiting until there's a crazy game on where there's like about to be an upset, and someone tells me to change the channel. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not watching the whole game. I'm waiting until there's a good game on, and I'm watching the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's uh, that's one way of looking at it, I guess. But the demographics, the numbers are there. Like those guys are ruling the TV when they're on. Yeah, as a tournament, I mean, as a tournament. Th- those, those fans who watch entire college basketball games. I mean, bless their souls. I cannot, wa- <laughs> I cannot watch college basketball that much. It's just, it doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I, it's going to be a big move if they do decide to do that. Um, but I don't know. Going back to the what we were talking about the NBA, I really do think that they should just scrap it, call it a loss, and, and pick back up, give them a break, pick back up where, uh, where they usually do in October. It's a huge break, though. It's going to be a lot of ring rust. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, there's no perfect way to handle this situation. Yeah, we just kind of, kind of take it how it is, and uh, I don't know. Just wait until it's safer to do it. I mean, we don't really have any other choice. Yeah, exactly. We we're all just sitting ducks waiting for something to come on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Well, there. This isn't something that I had written down, but uh, give us some time on what you're wanting to see in the NFL draft this week. Oh, dude. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start with somebody besides the Cowboys for a second because I really really hope somebody listens to this that can pass it on to somebody who then passes it on to somebody who then passes it on to Kevin Bacon who then gives it to the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. Do not draft Joe Burrow with the first overall pick. <laughs> Why not? No, dude. How, how many times? I, I could probably count on one hand how many times a number one overall pick quarterback or a quarterback who was the number one overall pick has won a Super Bowl or has been what they expect him to be. That's A. That's point A. Point B is that Chase Young, coming out of Ohio State, is – quite possibly a generational talent. This kid is amazing. And if you don't believe it, just go back and watch the last two defensive ends to come out of Ohio State, which were the Bosa brothers, which were both, I think, top five picks or something like that, and are both all pros right now. Like, they're they're ridiculous. That team in Ohio State is breeding defensive ends. Chase Young is the next one to come out. What I think Cincinnati should do, what I would love to see Cincinnati do, is they're going to cut Andy Dalton. It sucks because he's He's never done anything come playoff time, but he's gotten them through the seasons. But they're going to cut him. When they cut him, they're going to save $17 million in cap space. They already have, uh, I think they already have 30-something million or 40-something million, some shit like that. I don't know. Point is, they're going to have enough money to pay Cam Newton. So you could either pay Cam Newton, hell, even if you want to just pay Jameis Winston or pay somebody out that's out there on the free agency market and then draft Chase Young with the first overall pick. Worst-case scenario... They lose next season with Cam Newton or with or with Jameis Winston, and then they're right back in the in the thick of the draft. And you have Trevor Lawrence coming out, uh, Justin Fields. You have a lot of other quarterbacks that are going to be coming out next year. Uh, so that's the one thing that I want, that I really, really want to happen for the Bengals to wise up and and go get Cam and, and get Chase Young. But for the Cowboys. Um, I really think we need to go defense first round. Like, that's a a given. We have to go defense first round. Uh, Kalevon Chizon from LSU is an absolute animal off the defensive line, defensive end slash linebacker, um, depending on the scheme. And uh, Grant Delpit, also from LSU, is safety, are the two ones that I've been looking at. But I think we have to go – our number one need right now is going to be safety or corner. 
Number two need will be something on the defensive line. And if they trade, it's going to suck. But if they do trade, I think they'll trade down and they'll try and land Kenneth Murray out of a linebacker out of Oklahoma late in the first or in the second round, if he falls that far. What what makes you a non-believer in Joe Burrow? Statistics. A, okay, statistics A make me a non-believer in any quarterback that is picked with the number one overall pick. That's That's case one. Case two is that he was already talking about leverage that he has over the Bengals. I mean, he was talking about all this shit two months ago, right after he won the national championship. Like, he's he's so arrogant. I don't. I just don't like the way that he comes off. He's he's a he's a ridiculously like up on his high horse type quarterback, and I don't like that. I don't like that in a kid who's unproven. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, you won a national championship. How many quarterbacks have won a national championship and a Super Bowl? Not many. He hasn't really done anything. He hasn't proven himself in the in the NFL, and he's acting like he already has. I don't. I mean, granted, I don't follow that much college football, but I feel like if Joe Burrow was as cocky of a guy as you're saying that he was, it probably would have gotten more headlines than you know what his you know because everything that you hear about Joe Burrow is one that. Uh, what comes up most is like his speech during his Heisman acceptance award and to uh, that he you know had one of the best college quarterback seasons of all time and the last comparable one was Cam Newton whenever he was in whenever he was in college and so Cam, I, I don't Cam Newton has also never won a foot, uh, Super Bowl and I don't know if you remember but when he got there he got absolutely wrecked in the Super Bowl he, so the, then why the, do you want him there for the for the Bengals? Because he at least has experience, and he's actually been there. He knows what he's doing. He's he's a big, huge athletic guy. He just gets hurt all the time. And the reason why I want him there, it's not so much that I want him on the Bengals. It's that I want Chase Young on the Bengals. And if, if you, as the Bengals, are so worried about that quarterback spot, put a filler in. There's not many better fillers than Cam Newton or even Jameis Winston, Some one of the quarterbacks that are out there right now. I'm not saying it doesn't have to be Cam. Put put you whoever you want in, but there are good options out there that will give you a chance and give you the best player in the draft. Hmm. Is there any talk of that actually happening? No, fuck no, dude. That's what makes me so mad is that, <laughs> like, I'm literally sitting here and I'll look up the, the cap space, I'll look up the transactions, I'll, like, do calculations, and I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, dude, I got to be doing something wrong. Like, why are they not seeing this? And I've tried to tweet at the Bengals multiple times. Not so much as a like. Like, come on, dude. There's, there's. I feel like this is a foolproof plan. What their thing is is that they want their franchise quarterback. They think Joe Burrow is going to be the man, and it's nine out of ten times that's not the case with the first overall quarterback. So then, where should he go? Home. I don't think he should go. Fuck Joe Burrow, man. But if <laughs> if, if he was, if I had, to, if I was a GM. I'm picking him. I mean, obviously, he's he's a national championship quarterback, so he's going to go in the first round. And I wouldn't mind drafting him, drafting him in the first round. If I was somebody like the Chargers. And, and, the, and I say the Chargers because they have all the pieces already. They have great running back. They have a great receiver. They have a great safety. They have a, a great linebacker, a great defensive end. They're just but Philip Rivers left town. They have a blank spot there. I think the Chargers at what pick? I think they're pick seven or six or something like that. I wouldn't mind drafting him there, but he won't be there. So I think the Chargers are going to go with Tua uh, if the Dolphins don't. But but uh, I just wouldn't I wouldn't take him. With the idea that he's going to win me a championship right now. Because the thing is, the Bengals are still missing pieces. They don't have a defense. The Bengals do not have a defense right now. They they need That's what they need to be focusing on. Get a, mm-hmm. get a quarterback to fill that spot and then get a def- start building your defense. No one's going to get mad at them if they go out and get Cam. Okay, hold on real quick. Uh, and so, um, so, him, so him or Tua? Uh, Burrow, but but that's strictly based off of injury history, 
and size two. I think two is a little a little shorter than Joe Burrow. I, I could be wrong, but if 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 it if it can be guaranteed to you that that uh, the hip injury is not going to be a concern, do you take Tua over him? Yes, Tua, absolutely. Okay, let's say. Let's see. Where, hold on. I find this fascinating. I had no idea how much animosity you had towards <laughs> towards Joe Burrow. No, dude, fuck him, man. He was like sitting back with a big old cigar in his mouth. With granted, which granted, I would probably feel the same way after I just won a national championship. But I'm not gonna go out and wear a hat that says "Big Dick Joe" the next day. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. That's awesome. <laughs> that that pissed me off. So. Let's say he drops down. Let's say he's still on the board by the time number 17 comes around. No. Oh, okay, and I'm going to tell and you the, why. And, and, and there's no talk at all about an extension happening with Dak. Okay. If, any, if, if anything, let's say it's worse. Let's say that, they, that there's for sure not going to be an extension happening by the time draft comes around. All right. What what do they do? And when you asked me, I had to stop myself because when you asked me, all right, where would you draft him? Where should he go? I had to stop myself from saying I would draft him if I was 17 and if I was the Cowboys. He should go to an organization like the Cowboys who don't expect him to start, who have a starting quarterback but want a viable backup. There I would draft him. In that situation, I would draft him. Do I want the Cowboys to get him? No, not really. I think they need to figure out. I think there's more. I think this is being the whole thing with Dak Prescott is being blown a little more out of proportion than it really is. I don't think there's any kind of bad blood between the organization and him. I think it's just a whole thing with the CBA that's stalling the contract signings. But I, if we didn't need so some a uh, defensive back so badly, I would be. I think I'd probably be okay with them getting him, as much as I don't like him, just because. It's a good move. It's a good move just in case something doesn't happen with your quarterback. Um, but but no, I mean, I, I, as of right now, I don't want him to, because we have we have much bigger needs on defense. If we were set there, then yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you heard anything about how this draft is actually going to happen? Dude, I haven't. I know it's going to be a virtual draft, and I know the last I read, like actually read into it, they were saying that uh, you're supposed to, there's supposed to only be two people, I think, or something like that, like from the organization. They have to be in their own homes. It's going to be all online. Um, But then there was a bunch of people, like a bunch of the managers and owners were all pissed off because I guess Jerry Jones is saying that Stephen Jones is his family member so they should be able to be together and where in which case that's the president of football and the gm and and owner basically you have three positions of power from the organization there when every other team is not getting that luxury uh Mm -hmm. they're just arguing about the logistics of it i i'm that's not even what worries me what worries me is like this is gonna get hacked (laughs) there's gonna be this is gonna be a huge target for a for a cyber attack not of like oh anonymous we're threatening people but i mean like people are gonna fuck with it people are gonna try and fuck with the draft and there are huge implications if if that happens yeah like who's to say like i mean i know they're trying to make this like as uh efficient as possible and like even if they do like a virtual draft room or whatever you're still talking about a bunch of like 40 50 60 something year old general managers who don't know how this shit work i mean i mean it's gonna i mean they're gonna sound like idiots i mean there's gonna be times when like people are gonna try to draft but there's gonna be like people won't mute themselves there's gonna be an echo in the room and they can't hear what the actual pick is and a bunch of dumb shit like that yeah i hadn't even thought about that that's gonna be hilarious (laughs) i mean i mean who's to i mean i mean who's to say that you know once uh shit like i mean miami could be up and just to like fuck with people it could be like somebody from their it could be like somebody from their division that just speaks for them and they say that they that they pick like yeah. fucking Justin Herbert or something like that and then like and then like what happens after that <laughs> it's just like yes yes or like or like me if i had if i was a uh, 
a learned hacker, I would hack into the Cincinnati Bengals system and and get Joe Burrow. I mean, and get Chase Young. Like, I, people, are, there's going to be like super fans and super villains that are. There's just so many things that could go wrong. And I hadn't thought about the whole age and out of touch with technology factor. That yeah, people are going to forget to mute themselves, and somebody's going to get caught talking shit, and there's going to be a whole fucking scandal. I'm excited. I'm even more excited now for, for how this is going to play out. Is it still over three days? Yeah, it's still it's still as far as I know, it's still planned to be over three days. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. So that'll be fascinating. That'll be something to fill in time until the next episodes of The Last Dance come on. Because we need anything yeah. to distract us. What um, I'm assuming they're gonna do is they'll probably do like a conference call and then they'll have all the thirty two owners on a conference call. And then I think probably what makes sense anyways is that They'll tell the conference call first. That way it's set in stone. This is who we're picking. And then they'll be Mm -hmm. like, all right, go ahead and announce it on your video or whatever. Which is like, why don't they just do like an individual thing? Like somebody from the, like somebody from, from the league office, just doing like a one-on-one thing like you and I are doing right now, just so that way you can actually see the person making their pick and, why wouldn't that work? Well, I'm I'm guessing that's what they're trying to do. It sounds like it sounds like what they want is something where everybody can hear it, and it's just I I don't understand the value of well, that. Well, yeah, but that's that's gonna be all uh, accountability. Because then if I tell you like, hey man, I want uh, Joe Burrow, and then you're like, all right, sweet, and then but no one else heard it, and then you go as the commissioner of the league or whatever, and uh, with the first pick. The Cincinnati Bengals pick Chase Young. Like, and that's not what I fucking said. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's just having more people there makes you more accountable for for not trying to scam the system. I don't know. This is going to be dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be weird. The one good thing, though, the one good thing I think about it is that all those kids are going to be with their family. Like, they're all going to yeah. have, like, that family circle there. It's not gonna, Obviously, it shouldn't be a big party. But they'll be at home with their parents or whatever, or what have you, and, and uh, whenever that special time comes that they get picked. Yeah, maybe they'll throw a party like Dak did. He did not throw a party. It was not a party, all right? There was less than 10 people there. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, they did not say how often they wash their hands, so who's to say? There was hand, hand sanitizer banks all over the house. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anything else you want to talk about? No, man, I think we're good. I'm going to have some some super stuff to talk about after this draft, though. Okay, yeah. So next episode, NFL draft review, last dance review, and uh, hopefully some better news about when we see sports again. But yeah, who knows? I shouldn't even say that. Like, I don't, personally, I don't think shit is going to happen for like at least the next like couple of months. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm there right there with you. Yeah, so who knows? Okay, well, all right. Well, this has been Double Shot Sports Podcast with JP and Hector. Um, If you have any questions or anything, feel free to send it on over. And until then, we'll see you all next week. Stay safe.